0: My next guest is Ruby Challenger. She's a director who has recently completed her master's of screen and directing at the Australian Film Television and Radio School. Her short film Daily Bread played at festivals around Australia and the world-winning awards like the St Kilda Film Festival's People's Choice Award. She returns to the big screen directing her new film, Mum Life. Here is our chat. Ruby Challenger, thank you so much for talking to Film Festival Guide.
1: Thank you for having me, Kyle, an honour.
0: <laughs> True honour it is for us to have you, I feel like. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your new short film, Mum Life?
1: Yeah, Mum Life is a fil- short film, 15 minutes. It's a musical and it came out of the Masters uh, course at Aftons. Uh, a lot of Masters students came together to make it. It's um, a film, in summary, it's a film about a woman having a hard day. She's a new mum, she's got a you know, baby that's a few months old. She, she probably has postnatal anxiety, but she hasn't been to a doctor and had it diagnosed. It's just a, it's a day in the life of this woman struggling with a newborn. And what we really wanted to do with the film was to not point fingers of blame at any external thing. We kind of wanted to leave room for it to be like, actually everything in her life's pretty good. Oh, she's just got postnatal anxiety, okay this is hard. And so we used musicals um, uh, uh, technique because we could get deeper into her emotions so that she could tell us how she was feeling through song in a way that she can't, she couldn't tell anybody in the real world of the film.
0: Right. I I was going to ask you about that because one of the, one of the really interesting things that uh, drew me to mum life was the idea that you are playing with really interesting conventions around the musical genre, something that is all about being happy and 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 quite lively and quite interesting, but then you're juxtaposing that with the idea of something in and around these very deep, sensitive issues that affect a lot of women, like post-natal um, depression, as you were saying. So was there some sort of, like, reason to kind of, apart from the idea of kind of what you just said, but the idea that you were trying to create this idea of accessibility when you were exploring these ideas around doing that?
1: I would love to say that that's how it happened, but creativity is so much more wild and wonderful than that. And the real story behind Mum Life is that we all came together and went, we're at film school, we've got all these resources, we're making a musical if it kills us. And that was where we started. And then from there um you know, we, we had lots of different pitching and ideas and and kind of it's, it ended up being mum life. And I think that's the beauty of creativity is that if you, you can come at it from a non-academic point of view and still end up with something that, you know, makes people think and feel. And so I love that about mum life. Um, I also love there's this, that there's this general idea that a musical is happy. But when you look at so many there are so many incredible ones that, that are um, dark. You know, you look at Cabaret, that's dealing with Nazi Germany. You, you know, you've got um, lots of, you've got hair that's happy and fun and wild, but it's dealing with the Vietnam War. Like, actually, musicals have a dark side. And what's really interesting is that a lot of the response to mum life is that people, are, they kind of tend to use the word comedy. And it's not at all. No. <laughs> it's uh, quite yeah. a dark film. Um, that uses musical conventions, as you say, but we it's like we conflate comedy and musical in our mind and so it's a surprise when it actually is dark. But I love that in a time, you know, where we're kind of in a semi-post-COVID world, whatever we want to call it, um, I think we do need a bit of lightness but still examining these deeper issues um, in our world. So I, I, love, I love where it's landed.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I've, I've seen the film. It's, it's really great. Congratulations on it. It, it is a Thank really you. interesting film, and you have some really interesting elements out of it. I, I think the reason I asked that is because I've, I've seen a lot of Australian film. I, I've just seen a whole bunch of stuff at Sydney Film Festival, where I feel like my eyes are sort of wired now in terms of just enjoying <laughs> yeah. film um where it's been this really interesting discussion around like the nuances of life and and I wonder if if that's something that we're going to see in a lot in Australian film and it's it's something that I sort of took out of mum life is that you're you're being presented with these really interesting ideas in this really interesting and challenging way but it's also in that very sort of like I don't want to call a musical conventional because it's kind of not as you said but it's this really interesting idea
1: I mean I have heard so many things that are being turned into musicals. I don't know what's happened to the world. I feel like maybe in this period, everybody's looking for something a bit lighter, but I've heard that Joker 2 is going to be a musical. Like apparently, this is going to spring up everywhere. And when I keep hearing, pitch us something interesting that we haven't seen, like a musical. And I'm like, what is happening? Everybody wants musicals. This is fantastic. I love it. (laughs) I love musicals. Um, But, you know, even the theme of... uh, Well, I don't want to call it a theme, but having a protagonist as a mother is an unusual thing, even though we we don't realise it is. So I did my study at afters um, about the representation of motherhood in front of the screen and behind the screen, so crew and also characters. And it's shocking once you start researching how few mother protagonists there have been historically, I tend to say that and people love to kind of quickly disagree. No, but what about this character and that character? You go, they're characters. They're not the protagonist. It's not her story. I'm talking about her story. So there's just so much we can say about the mother story that hasn't been said
0: yet, which I'm very excited about. I just, from this idea that you were saying that you kind of looked at this as part of your masters and afters, I'm just curious about the fact of like what we can do better around. I mean, we've seen lots of characters like Emily Blunt in A Quiet Place, you know, all these sort of very interesting characters that are there and are really interesting maternal characters. But I'm curious, what can we do better? Like as a writer, I'm not a mother, but how can I write characters that exist to be a complex, to create complex maternal relationships, if you will?
1: Um, I think that's just about the kind of story that you want to tell. And I mean, I've got such a deep thinking about film that I, I think that film in a really, I think a really good film doesn't try to tackle too many issues. So I think that you can allude to kind of sketches of other characters and stuff, but your, your issue is the issue that's the film, the film is about. And so if you're gonna do it without a mother, just um, make sure you're collaborating with a mother so that you can, because our writer is a, a, a gay male, young man. He's not a mother, but he was able to tell this so well. again, he was just working really closely with me to find the story. Um, so yeah, I think it's just about, I don't want to say authenticity because I think that a writer can write anything in any one, but just observing the problems, ask your mum. Oh, ask your mum, what would <laughs> you know, ask, ask her for stories, ask, ask her for the things that were difficult, you know, same with any character. It's like, just kind of get in there and figure out what was really hard for them.
0: I love that. Any issues with, with any issues you want to tell about a mother? Ask your mother. That's so Ask great. Ask your mom. <laughs> Ask <Yeah>. your mom. So <laughs> gonna. you yeah. well, title this episode? Ask your mom, featuring Ruby Challenger. Yeah. I'm not. And
1: also tell her you love
0: her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, like, true. Every day. <laughs> I'm actually. I'm actually home right now. Like I'm out of Sydney right now, so I'm actually staying with my parents. So I'll be like, Mom, Aww. love you. Go um, and
1: give her a big hug when you. Go and give yours. her a big. Well, I'm. a <laughs>
0: feeling I'm still a bit flowy, so maybe I won't do that right now. Okay, that maybe don't, don't hug her right. Maybe now. don't <laughs> hug her right now. Um. I want to ask you, the film has done so well. You're, you've played Sydney Film Festival. You've had the chance to go to Cannes, which is amazing. And congratulations. How was that experience of going to Cannes as somebody who's just graduated from film school? We hadn't actually. We were
1: technically graduands. I got off the plane from Paris and graduated that day.
0: So you graduated at the south of France. What? no, could no, be no un- we got
1: off the plane. We got off the plane after Paris into sydney after we'd done the whole <laughs> pan experience i was like wow. had for 42 hours with my kids on the plane and went straight to office to graduate That was a you special must have, experience you <laughs> must have had
0: some um, jet lag
1: it was pretty brutal yeah we managed <laughs> to stay upright for that day and then died for a week just very all of you intense.
0: just died talk to yeah. me through that experience what was khan like for a for a for a first timer
1: I think a first timer. Um, my my advice to anybody who has the means to go to a major festival like that is to do it do it as early in your career as you can, so that you develop a relationship with it. And that was the advice that I was given um, by people who I talked to beforehand. They said, "This isn't. Don't worry. This isn't the only time you're going to can. It's the first time, and that you will start a relationship with." this festival and that like you just like, how is that even a thing but okay cool amazing and it it's true like everybody I met over there they'd been coming for five ten fifteen years like they like so it's a relationship with can is what I realize now um but it is intensely overwhelming it's so big and I don't even know how to explain that or why but it's it's literally physically massive, like it's the entire town of Cannes, you know, there's, there's different cinemas and different event locations and parties are everywhere and there's there's all these different things that you have to just physically figure out the, the location. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, it was and, and kind of being in competition at can and trying to figure out who I'm meeting with and doing all those things meant it was a very different festival experience to ones I've had in the past where like when my first film Daily Bread got into St Kilda I did what I always do at film festivals and I before I had kids I turned up and I watched every film you know and that's what I did I sat down I watched every session and was present and um, you know, when I went to Austin Film Festival with Daily Bread, which was a fantastic film festival, if you ever get the chance to go. So not South by Southwest, but Austin Film Festival is all about writers. And that was a one. So there was heaps of workshops with all these really interesting practitioners and stuff. But Cannes was like about, there's because it's got the market attached to it, it's just so much bigger and there's so many more people that you have the potential to talk to and there's so many more parties and you don't really know where to get to. And, you know, I think the advice that I'd had from another um, senior filmmaker was that you'll always feel like you're in the wrong place at the wrong time at Cannes. And I felt like it was really nice to know that going into it. So that, cause I did You kind of, there's always a bigger party. There's always a bigger meeting that maybe you should have taken or something somebody you should have met or you know but knowing that you always feel like you might be in the wrong place is a really great way to go into that festival I think because there's so much going on um and yeah this idea of developing the relationship with it so again I talked to another senior filmmaker who um had had the first time he went to Cannes was with a film in competition and he just said that it was also the first time he went to Europe Um, And so he just took it all in because it was so big and so overwhelming. He didn't try to do business. He didn't try to do anything. A bit of advice, because now he's had a career, you know, and still having his career, was that he, um, there's different tiers of kind of how you're engaging with Cannes Film Festival. So you might be going to Cannes with a film that's got all of its Australian funding down and you're looking for, you know, your other partners that you need to get the funding that's like hardcore business and you're really pitching people and there's really high stakes there then there's like you know he's he also said it's a really great opportunity to meet other Australians weirdly in a lower pressure situation because everybody's kind of at Cannes and it's exciting and everybody's doing business but it's really nice to hang out with some Aussies as well in in between that and kind of find the camaraderie there and then so meeting peers there is a really interesting way of approaching being at Khan and we met some other young Australian filmmakers there who I didn't know before and so it was that thing of getting to know them getting to know the people at Screen Australia getting to know um yeah other other Australian filmmakers who were there and then the he just said what he did as well was just had some good cocktails every day and enjoyed the you know just taking it all in and, and not having that pressure on there. So there's so many different ways you can engage with Khan. and I think it's it's understanding what part of your career, what part of your film, where are you up to in terms of how you're going to engage with being there.
0: I love it. I was going to sort of ask you about the tips and tricks, but I feel like you've just answered that question, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> um, how does, you know, you played at Khan, you played at Sydney. How does an international, how did the international audience at Khan uh, respond to mum life and how did sydney audiences respond to mum life
1: um we we played we only had one screening at khan and we had two at sydney which was nice the two sydney ones were um i don't mean we only had one just that's the way the program runs at khan you have one screening um uh, sydney was two sold out sessions so we weren't in official competition we were. Um, one of the in that programming where they programmed you with a feature film which was really wonderful so we had and it was an Australian feature so there was a lot of local audience who were all filmmakers so it was really cool to play to a local team essentially and um it was a very warm reception and fabulous to be playing to a full house both nights was just so exciting Um, and uh you know Cannes was incredible that was a full cinema again and very very warm you know I had somebody lean over after the um after the screening after that set after our session finished and said that was the best film I've seen at Cannes so far so I almost died somebody I didn't know you know so that was really (laughs) nice um yeah it's uh It's interesting having different types of screenings at different festivals and knowing people versus not knowing people. So they all have their, you know, benefits. So that's wonderful.
0: I love that. Um, Talk me through the process of creating Mum Life. You have these amazing dance sequences. Um, Talk me through the process of how you decided to shoot and create those amazing dance sequences.
1: So I've got a team who are as bonkers as me which was perfect
0: <laughs> you get so, bonkers no way
1: <laughs> and so we were all like absolutely obsessive with perfection basically and working very very hard so from the very beginning because we decided it's going to be a musical we knew how hard we were going to have to work and how fast so in a way that other films that were shooting you know the big um uh, for the afters program, they could still be kind of massaging their scripts right up until the end. We knew that we had to have the songs not only thought about, but written, recorded, choreographed to before we got on set. So the the amount of work just trebles with a musical, which was awesome. And I loved that because it gave us a lot of opportunities to get creative and kind of get our hands dirty, which I loved. So we had the concept early, uh, so the master's program, after uh, as it stands, it's a two-year program. Uh, by the end of the first semester, you have to have the idea, essentially. So we started writing our script semester two, um, but we started writing the songs alongside, which I think isn't necessarily conventional for a musical. I think maybe they sometimes come after once the script is a bit more solidified, but we... we got the general arc of what the film was going to be we knew where we wanted the songs and what kind of emotional beat they were going to be we found our comp songs and then Sophia got to work writing the songs and because they were internal reflective songs they were able to work even as the story slightly changed here and there which was very exciting so it wasn't like I'm walking down your street and now I'm going to tell you how I feel. Oh, that song doesn't work because we've changed the scene, right? So that didn't happen because the songs are part of her internal landscape and that stayed pretty similar even if the story slightly changed here and there. So we were able to write, get demo versions of the songs. With the demo versions, we started um, dance rehearsals. We were so lucky that our choreographer was just completely bought in and she organised several rehearsals with dancers who weren't even necessarily going to be dancing on the final day, but we just wanted to make sure we'd mapped and planned the dance numbers and knew what the choreography was going to be. We had camera crew who were equally up for testing all of this stuff. So we, would, we did two full half days on each song before we got to set in a studio with dancers, with cameras. So we, and we edited that footage together. So we actually had fully created the dance numbers in a rough, like a sketch sense um, and edited them together. And I was so stoked when I got the first assembly back of the final, you know, of the actual shoot. And I said to the editor, I watched them, I thought, wow, it's really close to what we, like our draft. Like, go us, that's kind of cool. And so I said to him... Oh, Brendan, did you watch the? Um, did you kind of cut these off, off the draft videos? And he was like, I've never seen the draft videos. It's just really clear what you shot and how you wanted it put together. And, that, you know, it just worked. And I was like, yes. <laughs> like, I was so excited because it meant that all of that work had really paid off. And we were, we were re- it meant that especially on a set where you've only got one day to shoot each song because you don't have, you know, I'm not yet Baz Luhrmann, but we'll get there. But I don't have that time to kind of figure it out on set. I I had to step on and it had to work and I had to know exactly my camera angles. And, yes, there is always a bit of creativity on set and figuring it out and just kind of making sure it's perfect, but we were realising not discovering. And that was really important for the musical.
0: I love that. Um, I read a City Morning Herald article that says that you're now working on a feature. Um, yes. could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: I mean we have got a beautifully plump slate of ideas, which is exciting. And collaborating again with Jared, who wrote the Mum Life. So we we are developing quite a few ideas. The, the one that was talked about in the City Morning Herald is called The Handkerchief. And that is a story based on my grandmother's autobiography, which is called 50 Years of Silence. And that has been translated, her her book has been translated into six languages. And she worked tirelessly for for the rights of, for human rights while she was alive. So her story, you may want to put a trigger warning on the episode if you use this part of the story. Um, But the story is that she, during World War II, she was interned in uh, a comfort woman camp. So they, she is called one of the so-called comfort women um, that were interned by the Japanese Imperial Army during World War II. Um, and she didn't tell anybody in our family for 50 years. And so when she, so my mum my had no idea. So when I was a small child, Oma went and spoke at a hearing in Tokyo and it was the first time my family found out about this. My parents, being filmmakers, of course, followed her to Tokyo and made a documentary about her, which was very successful, and saw the profile of the issue get raised, which was really wonderful. So that's one of the stories that I that I have. Um, probably the next film I'd like to make is another mother story, though, and continue exploring the musical side of things because um, I'm very excited by it. So, yeah, that's kind of... There's, there's a lot happening. We're kind of figuring them out. But we have also... Um, being the energizer bunny that I am, we've already written and shot a series that we're going to release on TikTok um, in the next few months. So that's called Swipe Right. So, um, and, you know, everybody's got the stories that they want to tell and, that, you know, so we're developing some ideas that Jared has. So um, and Swipe Right was brought to us by the act- actress from Mum Life, Chloe Bayliss. And so we co-produced Swipe Right, which is about dating the, the perils of dating on these modern apps that everybody is is doing. And so that's a probably gonna be a 35 episode um, show on TikTok. So yeah, that, that's coming out soon.
0: Yeah. My God, I could I could uh, you've just like I, I should just have another interview with you because I you just <laughs> I've just got so many more questions to ask you. Um, Fantastic. Can you give us a film festival guide exclusive of where maybe Mum Life is going to be screening next?
1: um uh we shall wait and see there haven't been any more public announcements yet but they are coming <laughs> yeah
0: um Ruby Challenger it's such an honor thank you so much and congratulations on mum life and congratulations and hopefully we will see more about the handkerchief very soon
1: thank you Carl. thanks for having me it was really lovely